Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everybody, to Teach Me Pokemon, the podcast. I'm your host, Corey, and along with my co-host, Jared, we're best friends, been playing Pokemon for a very long time. Pokemon World, welcome to the next greatest podcast about Pokemon. I am one of your hosts, Corey. I'm here with my best friend, co-host Jared. We were so pumped. We've been playing Pokemon. Jared, how long have we been playing Pokemon? Well, I was thinking about this. We've actually been playing for 16 years now. Gosh, 16? Is that what going it, on, it was Going 20. on 17. Yep, that is, um, that is how long we have been at this. That has not been continuous. Um, but we picked up our uh, our first sets uh, back in the day, circa what was that, two thousand and seven? Uh, I think about seven. was when we first started playing yep. Pokemon competitively. We walked into a tournament in Tom Bean, Texas, with starter decks and got wrecked. City Hall, there in downtown Tom Bean. We thought, we thought, man, we gonna clean up all these packs. There's gonna be a bunch of ten year olds there. You know, we're gonna wipe them all up. And nope, not the case. We got, there was four of us that day for the four friends, four of us. And, but it lit a fire, Jared, it lit a fire that has not been extinguished yet. It has not. It, it, is, uh, it is our, uh, it, it, it's like a, uh, I don't even know the best way to describe it. It's just like that girl you keep coming back to, uh, yeah. that you, you want to quit, but you can't, Yeah, you know, like you yeah. just, it's just always there. Do you remember always- what did you run that day at Tom Bean? Oh, I remember. What'd you run? Uh, I was running Infernape. Infernape. Uh, Fire, Fire Infernape, uh, starter deck. Level X? Was there level X in there? There was one level X in there. Oh, yeah, you're cooking. And um, I don't think I even got to use it. I remember my, my very first match was against a Cricketune deck. Um, <laughs> Sweet Mom that was running it, this Cricketune deck. <laughs> And I was hyped because I had her weakness, and uh, I barely won that game. Oh, my uh, gosh. And then I got a bye, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then I lost two games in a row. And, uh, and I had the best record of us leaving you day did. one. All the rest of you guys were like 1-3, and 0-4, oh, yeah. and I was, sitting, I was sitting high and mighty at 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> I think my win was a bye. I had a bye in my first round. I remember I was running Electivire, and I had the two – <clears throat> the two level X's that I had pulled in a pack. And I thought I 
was the luckiest slash best person on the planet and thought, I'm going to steamroll this guy. His, his name was Clay Carney. I'm like, that seems <laughs> like a fool. Who is this dude? Flips over a, a Ralts. I was like, I don't even know what that is, but it's going to get destroyed because it has 60 HP. And uh, I think I took the two first prizes of that match. And he had Guardy Gallade was what he was running, which was the best deck in the format back then. And and I remember he just like looked at me and, and was like, okay, psychic cut and knockout. And it was like, yeah. And then he just, it was over in minutes. He just got rampaged on. And, you know, Clay, oh. he's one of the better players uh, in the world at that time, you know, Clay's, Clay's long gone now probably, but, um, but that was pretty cool. So we, you know, we, we got excited and we were like, let's keep playing. And so, you know, we could probably have a four hour podcast about our whole journey, but the point oh, of for sure. this podcast is, you know, Jared, Jared and I are now in our mid thirties. We're now over the hill. We're, we're done for, uh, we're not over the hill okay, yet. Maybe Goodness, man, that's 40. Give but us some we, time. <laughs> but we love to still play. And from time to time, we find ourselves at a regionals, you know, we're not, that's pretty much, we, we just go to big tournaments. Now we're, we're both like the tiger woods of Pokemon and not the bad <laughs> way. We just go to the majors, <laughs> we just go to the majors. And, uh, so, uh, yeah. And we wanted to interview, other uh, amazing, other amazing players, like we're amazing players, but uh, interview yeah. iconic and, and uh, you know, top rated players in the world. And, uh, you know, we're lucky enough to have uh, Stefan Ivanov as our first guest here on Teach Me Pokemon. Uh, but before we get into that, you know, Jared, what, what else, you know, what else do we need our audience to know about this, about this podcast? I mean, we know things about Pokemon, but we don't play as much as we used to. So we still need to be taught things, right? We don't Absolutely. know everything. And, and I think that's just part of the healthy mindset in anything that you do is even the research proves that if you're willing to take a humble standpoint and be a continuous learner over time, even if you are some of these best players in the world, there is a infinite learning possibility to the game that you're playing. You can always, even though it might be just the smallest amount of growth, you can do that if you're willing to open your mind up to learning. Mm -hmm. And that's what this, that, that's what this is about. We're going to hear from some of the best in the world. We're going to hear from some other guests as well. Um, but we understand that Pokemon is still a growing community and we want people to learn. We want people to hear from the best and we're going to talk about our growth as well, right? Like we're about to go to a tournament. We haven't played a tournament in probably two years. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, um, my expectations are very low. I, I always say that I go to a tournament, I get my butt kicked, but I win the raffle. There you go. Um, that has stayed it, very true. I've won many regional raffles. If you're looking for the greatest <laughs> raffle winner of all time in Pokemon <laughs> tournaments, you're speaking to you're, him right now. You're going to be our uh, next uh, our next guest on the yes, <laughs> teach how to me, win a Pokemon raffle. Teach well, me raffle. Teach me raffle, Mon. Four yeah. drop. Uh, and then sit around, go play escape rooms, come back, win the raffle. Yeah. That's, that's that's my strategy. That's how it works. But yeah, it's it's really in this heart of like, I want to learn. I love this game. I don't plan on ever, never being part of it. If there's a regionals on, I'm usually watching it. It is a fun game to me and the community is a worthwhile community to invest in. So yeah. uh, the last part of this is us giving back something. This community, Pokemon has given a lot to us since we were, before we were even playing the card game, you know, when we were in fourth and fifth grade, you know, picking up Fire Red um, and playing it for yeah. the first time, you know, so 
it's just a it's just a humble attempt and a fun attempt at that. So, but I don't want to I don't want to keep waxing philosophically and poetically about <laughs> Pokemon here. Yeah, let's uh, let's get into meeting our first guest, talking with him a little bit, and actually learn something. Love it. All right. Well, we're take a quick break and then we'll hop into Stefan Ivanov teaching us Pokemon. All right, we're here with Stefan. Uh, Legendary Pokemon player? I don't know. What are some good adjectives you like to use? Um, if, if Stefan were a Pokeball, he's definitely closer to a Master Ball than any type of other like ball that we're talking about here. That's that's for sure. That is def- definitely correct. Um, well, you're you're incredible, um, incredible player. Uh, I, we want to just start off though. A lot of times, you know, when we play and we go to these tournaments, we just know the name, maybe your performance or how you placed in really big tournaments. Tell us a little bit about you. I mean, how did you get into playing Pokemon? What what do you currently do? Do you, do you, is this what you do for a living? Do you have another job? Kind of tell us that to start off. Yeah. Um, so I'm a longtime fan, right? Uh, I'm from the generation where <laughs> when I, I got uh, the, the blue version on the Game Boy when I was nine years old for my birthday. So um, it was... <laughs> Uh, at, at the time, everyone was into Pokemon. Everyone had was playing Pokemon. Everyone had Pokemon cards, even though no one knew how to play competitively, <laughs> at least at my age, yeah. uh, or uh, around me anyway. But um, yeah, I was very much into Pokemon. And then I guess I kept, uh, over the years, I, I kept, uh, you know, an attachment to the Pokemon universe. I kept playing the games, uh, even though I was less um I touch or anything i still uh, i wasn't buying cards anymore or anything but um i still like playing pokemon and so on and then when i was around 20 or something um i met a friend who for a friend um who told me that uh he was uh he, he played uh, the pokemon tcg competitively and I, and I, you know, I was like, oh, it's interesting because I, I liked card games in theory. I was, uh, you know, sometimes I looked at uh, Magic Gathering decklist and so on. I never played competitively, but I knew how to play, and I had cards, and I would play casually. So I was like, oh, okay, interesting. I, I, you, you, you should, you should tell me about it. Um, like, what does a competitive deck look like in Pokemon? What are the the, the decks? I, I'm curious. And he was like, yeah, I can te- I can teach you if you want. Uh, there's the, the the national championships in uh, two months, and uh, you, it's like an hour away from where we live, so we can go there. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so basically, <laughs> uh, because uh, at the time we had nationals, and it was free to participate for basically everyone nice. in France. So you know, I was. I mean, he he offered and uh, to teach me. I was like, yeah, sure. And then the, we, I, I ended up taking him, take him, him taking him up on his offer, and I uh, had a very good time at my first nationals. It was not as big as the tournaments now. There was like one hundred. 120 master or something like this mm-hmm. um and i did okay but i could i we had to leave before the last round because the tournament was very poorly ran at the time mm-hmm. it was a new organizer and there were a lot of delays and uh, we we're only playing it was over a weekend but we were only planning on going the first day because we didn't expect to <laughs> make top cut or anything yeah. so we left before the, the last round and it, it was uh but i had a lot of fun i had a very good time there so i kept playing uh competitively and then you know, so local tournaments, then uh, more um, regional, international ones, and uh, then um, two years later, I qualified for Worlds, and I've qualified for Worlds every year since then. Nice. So okay. that's basically that's uh, the story of my of my journey. And about what I'm doing, so I'm part, I guess, I call myself a semi-professional player. Uh, so I like 
part of what I do for a living is Pokemon. So, uh, I mean, I don't consider tournaments themselves part of my job because that's you cannot count on tournaments winnings mm-hmm. uh, for a living. Like that's not that's very that's too much of uh, randomness and so on. Unless you're Tord, I guess. <laughs> unless you're Tord, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but uh, I do things related to that. So I was uh, I do some coaching, not that much, but I do coach some people, uh, some French and French speaking people. Uh, that I know, and I also um, write. So I used to write for Channel Fireball uh, cool. uh, in the past. Then they stopped uh, yeah. doing Pokemon content, and now I'm uh, like uh, I'm, I'm writing for TCG Park now. I only have one article up on the website right now, but there should be another one up um, tomorrow at the latest. And cool. I should be writing regularly for them. We're still figuring out the exact terms of the partnership, but it's, uh, it's going to happen. So cool. yeah, I'm basically, uh, doing, I don't, I don't like to call, to call it content, but I'm doing writing uh, about strategic writing about Pokemon for, for, cool. for part of a living, I guess. Nice. And, uh, yeah. And then the other part is, um, um, teaching rated stuff. So I used to be a math teacher. Okay. Um, I'm not officially one anymore, but I still do teaching adjacent stuff. I don't want to go into detail because it would require me to explain uh, the specifics of the French higher education system, which is <laughs> both uh, hard to explain and <laughs> also per- maybe a bit boring. Sure, but, that'll uh, be our other. That'll be our I other podcast. Sorry, uh, I, I was just saying that'll be our other education. podcast. That'll, that'll be our other yeah. podcast. Yeah, the French education so system. Yeah, help prepare students for competitive exams at the end of the year, and uh, um, so yeah, basically that's, that's that. Okay. Hey, okay, hey, hey Jared, uh, I'll let you ask a next question, but I want to just a quick follow up, and then Jared, you can ask a question. You, and this is you probably have this memorized, but do you remember what deck you ran at that French national tournament, the first one? The very first one. You have uh, to know. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was a Donphan Prime Nidoqueen deck. Oh, oh yeah. Donphan uh, Prime. It was, uh, so the format was from Diamond and Pearl to yeah. Unleashed, I think. Yeah, he, or Unleashed. he like hit, Unleashed hit was... and retreat, right? Didn't, did, oh, is that sorry. what the Donphan did? It was... Donphan he... Don hit for like 60 damage for one fighting energy yeah and it damaged your bench but needle queen would heal you all your pokemon between turns oh yeah okay yeah and uh i think there was something else. like it wasn't the, the best deck or anything but i was sure. just i was just starting up yeah up, so I, I built something but i like i read an article about it i was like okay this sounds interesting and uh not too hard to play and uh cool and then i bought or, or borrowed the cars and uh nice and went there Okay, okay, one later question, then Jared, you go. Who would be, and, and we're going to call you the, the top French player right now, okay? Who, who would okay. be the second, in your opinion? <laughs> I'll put you on the hot seat. Um, I, I, I think it has to be Fabien, Fabien Pujol. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, like, in terms of accomplishments, he has two, um, two, two IC top eights. He's a... a I think he has uh, contributed to, to day building for, like... Some of the decks that Limitless uh, run, mm-hmm. uh, you hear mostly people saying, "Oh, it's Tor's deck or it's Pedro's deck, or whatever." But Fabian often has some input behind the scenes, uh, but uh, he doesn't. <clears throat> but he's less of a public uh, figure, so he yeah. doesn't talk about it too much. But he contributes, and yeah, he 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 does pretty well. Cool. Um, and I, yeah, I think right now he he has to be the the other best player. Okay. I think that yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think um, it's funny hearing you talk about 
Dawn Fan Prime and all of that mm-hmm. because when we were getting in, that was the worlds that Guardy Gallade won worlds. That was our very first season. Mm-hmm. So I think that was just a little bit before, maybe a maybe a season or two before Dawn Fan and all of that set. Oh, I think like the the world. Oh wait, no, Guardy Gallade. That was 2009. Yeah, 2009. Yeah, 2009. Guardy Gallade. Yeah. 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 So that was one year before my nationals were in 2010. Oh, that's 2010. too funny. So we were all getting into it at the same time. Wow. I like that a lot. Yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, bringing it more current, how is how is this season going for you? Uh, it's been a really interesting year. Um, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions about like the flavor of the meta, but like, how would you describe your season going so far? I mean, pretty well. Uh, I think I'm ranked number four or five in Europe right now. Nice. Um, I got I got a two top two top eight two finals placement actually two, two top twos, uh, and one to the Bilbao special event and one at Liverpool regionals um, a month ago. Yeah. Um, both times I lost to Mew in the final, so mm. now I'm just playing four JP on V in every deck. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, just one shot him. Yep, I like it, it. No, I don't want people to say, oh, it's meta manipulation. He said he was playing four JP on V and now he's not, so. <laughs> uh, Does that uh, happen to you uh, a lot? Will you say stuff like on Twitter or on a podcast or something? And then if you don't run it did, in the tournament, do they like flame you? No, not really, but there's okay. always like you can always have some people who are like, um, who I mean, I, I try not to, to say too much also for that reason, also because I don't want to hype up a deck and then realize that it's terrible or something. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, but uh, I know that sometimes, you know, if like there's been there have been times in the past where some players would uh, hype up a deck and then you know try to convince everyone to play it and then they would run a counter deck or something mm. <laughs> it has happened yeah so i don't want uh like obviously this was pretty obviously a joke but um yeah yeah just want to 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 make sure uh, like it's not really a concern or anything sure yeah um, no that, that that does make sense and but, if i um yeah, so, yeah some people sometimes are like uh, you know, I, I've had a couple of the deck in advance. People are like, "Oh yeah, he's just uh, talking about this, but he's not really gonna play it or or something." So if, there are definitely people who pay attention to what top players talk about or even just mention, and uh, who you know make have conclusions about it or, or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's hard. No, it's, I think it's hard in in any given competitive area to be in the spotlight to just have regular conversations and then it gets dissected to the nth degree. Yeah. You're like, just talk. <laughs> I'm just talking. I'm just having a conversation. Yeah. But it sound it does sound like your season's uh, going really good. Uh, this next question I want to kind of ask in in two parts. It's um, part one is, do you like the meta? Like as you look back on your seasons of playing, is this a more fun meta to play in, a less fun meta to play in? And then second part of that is like, what do you, what do you like right now? Like it seems it seems looking at all the different results that there are those you know S tier decks running around and they switch up a little. But question to you, first part is, do you like this meta right now? Do you like playing? Mm, I mean, I've never really disliked playing anyway, even in the bad meta games. I mean, okay, maybe during the the height height of the of the ADP position mm. era, yeah. <laughs> like you'd voltage or something. I guess um, there were times where it was very boring and so, also like after rotation in um, like last rotation when the format for a couple months was just all the max Pokemon and Inteleon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I played I, I played very few standard and a lot more expanded at that time mm-hmm. <laughs> to avoid the, the, the boring parts. But um, 
usually but it was also because we only had online tournaments right so yeah. if uh, we had had regionals i would have found a way to enjoy myself at uh i didn't lose i would have gone anyway but wouldn't have stopped me uh but yeah most of the time i like playing i think the meta right now is fine i think it could be better i think it was better before silver mm -hmm. um i think that uh basically it's nice because we, you have uh various decks uh various interesting decks uh in the format but lugia is kind of polarizing and kind of um how to say um like it, it's a big presence uh, in the middle of the metagame that you cannot ignore and yeah. it's annoying because you cannot really counter lugia you can counter some lugia lists mm -hmm. uh, you can be like oh they don't play outs to to switching cars so i'm gonna play a palkia articuno deck or it can be like oh i'm gonna play control and just uh, use the fact that they only have uh, special energy but lugia can usually tech against um all the various things that people can play they can play the sparse and nfe for regigas they can play bird keeper they can play the uh, lost origin snorlax uh who cannot uh, be attacked by evil toll in control decks i mean control okay control probably has even more outs <laughs> to look sure. at but apart from control most decks uh can't really aim for more than a 50 50 matchup against lugia and and i think that is the important part it's not just that it's a 50 50 but it's a 50 50 that feels a bit random mm -hmm. uh, it's like okay um if uh, lugia says it's very well well they win because that's always what happens lugia goes first and and they have a good hand they win but if they don't um uh, set up well if a prize too powerful energy or they don't get the archives on turn two or uh, they're stout on his prize then i guess if i'm playing lost box then i have a chance and things like this and you know usually it's like you if you're playing a deck against lugia you're you're like okay i'm gonna um, i have a plan but it through it uh requires the opponent to not have everything and yeah. that's always this it's like you can if you have everything but lugia has everything lugia wins and so you always have to rely on that inconsistency but at the same time when you're playing Lugia, you also uh, cannot avoid that inconsistency because Lugia doesn't have like a, a consistency engine, like he doesn't have um, something that can draw cards every turn, just like Research, Marnie, Luminion, things like this. And so when you're playing Lugia, it's like, okay, I have all these answers to everything in my deck. I have the Lost Vacuum for for Big Russell and Jordan. I have the 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 the, the Raikou. I have the Constant Cologne, the the, the Coin Horn, the whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, <laughs> You cannot always uh, find these cards at the right time. I guess you have Skyla or Irida now in lists, which helps. But again, you need to find the Skyla or the Irida in the first place, which the only out is Luminion, and some lists play only one Luminion, and you don't always have the board space, and so on and so on. So it definitely feels like a deck that's a bit high roll, and I think that's something that you really see in um, the, the in the mirror match. You know, the the Lugia mirror match. I don't think any Lugia player really wants to play that because it's like okay i win the coin flip then i win oh except i don't have a lugia on turn one so i lose instead mm -hmm. and it's just it's just randomness it's just like okay i go first i have a good setup and i win yeah like the huge majority of the time yes things can happen but it's not a very skill-based matchup compared to over mirror matches we've had like compared to i don't know um whatever yeah <laughs> even the new matchup is more skill-based i think um That's fair. so is that what and, you were i think like and just and I think Lugia is fine to have as a deck. It's just not very healthy to have it as the best deck in the format. To have mm -hmm. a deck that's both so good and so um, high variance, so high roll. Uh, that that makes a lot of sense because like what I hear you saying is like there is some parity, right? There is some 
but a lot of it, it does come down to turn one, who's going turn one, what's the setup. Um, I, I think that's a really great take. Cause like we, you know, we were in preparation for talking today. We we're looking at some of the older decks that you've been really successful on. And I like, I'll throw out like Zorark, the, many of the different Zorark variants that seemed to me to be a more skill-based play than some of the things that we're seeing in our meta today. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think I know people, some people complain about Zoarch, and to some extent I can understand that it's not, like, it felt at some time, at some point that every everyone was playing Zoarch because it was the, the best deck and, well, the best category of deck. Um, but even though Zoarch was, I think, ahead of the rest uh, for most of its time in standard, um, it was a deck that required a lot of uh, a lot of skill. It, it, you had to make the right choices. What to discard every turn? What can you keep? What can I, you cannot keep, or you shouldn't keep? Um, mm -hmm. um, you know, make the right choices in deck building because you can play a bunch of text in that deck, which you will be, have, be able to find uh, during the the game. So you have to choose. Okay, does this deck need max potion? Does it need um, enhanced hammer? Um, how many basic energy, which secondary attackers, and so on and so on. And I think that's like, if you have to have one deck dominate the, the meta game, or I guess be ahead of the rest, I think it's better if it's a skillful deck like Zoark, but uh, the best players will, um, you know, try to push to a higher limit rather than something that, like Lugia, where, yeah, a bunch of very good players will try to find the best list for Lugia, but at some point, the, there's still a, a skill ceiling where, Okay, you you feed it, and now at some point it's like up up to to luck. Yeah. Mm. Well, so okay, so we're we're looking at the Liverpool tournament. That was the last big one that that you played in. The last big like yeah. kind of regionals, international type. Uh, you went with Lost Lost Box Lost Zone. Uh, was, right, I guess. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so was that just like hey? And I know you lost to 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 Mew in the finals, but was that just kind of hey? I think I can I can. If if it's a 50-50 kind of game, I, I might be able to outplay the Lugia in, in Mew decks, or were you just like, I just feel the most comfortable? Because you ran Lugia in uh at Sao Paulo. So you yes. were, you know, I'm assuming you've played a lot and you have obviously played a lot against it. But why uh why Lost Box for Liverpool? Um so I it's specifically a good red deck in Liverpool, uh, which uses the Lost Zone engine, but sure. it was uh, like Gudra was clearly the main attacker, and he didn't play. He only played one Chrome around, no Sableye, which are usually um, yeah. the staples in Lost Box. Uh, the idea was basically that one, it wasn't a very expected deck. I mean, it had had some results online in the two weeks uh, before that, but it wasn't very played anymore. So many people wouldn't have tested against it. They wouldn't know mm. um, what would be in my deck and what would not be. So they would have to adapt. And I think that especially against uh, players who are not hyper competitive or who are not you know up to date uh on the the latest developments in the meta game they if they are against lugia they'll be like okay yeah it's lugia i know how what it does but if they're against something else they might play around stuff that isn't in my deck or they might not be sure what i'm doing um and uh so that's what like that's always one part if i can try to bring something a bit surprising something that's a bit under the radar i try to do it the second thing is basically the deck had a very good matchup against um Regigigas and pretty much every lost box deck i know people think that some people think that requesa is favored but no yeah <laughs> you, like i was very confident in that matchup yeah um it's, it's possible but it's still favored and um it was pretty good against this and it was uh fine against mew it depends on which version and it depends on how much, what card they run but it's definitely winnable 
but it's a bit up to whether you can draw well of the Marnies and the judges and the Roxanne that we will hit you with. Yeah. And against Lugia, it was not favored, but if the opponent doesn't know how to play, they, there, there are opportunities for you to outplay them. Mm. Like, if they're like, if they don't expect, if they just, okay, I'm not sure, I'm gonna hold off on, on my energy for now, um, then you can boss Anarchy Ops, and then they lose a lot of their options, and it's a very common play. Or if they um, try to use, they put too much energy on their basic attackers, they try to only use one Lugia and nothing, uh, no, only basic attackers like Charizard and Evil Hall after that, um, they you can Roxanne and Temple at the same time and hit them very hard in the late game. So they need to keep using Lugia to yeah. be able to always remove Temple of Sino mm -hmm. from play. Yeah, and yeah. like things like this, um, I knew that the matchup. If you know know how to play it, how to play against it with Lugia, and if your list is uh, um, fit for for that, uh, the matchup is in, in Lugia's favor. But there was in between the effect of surprise and the fact that. Uh, I mean, people not knowing what was in my list exactly, how many temple of Sino I ran, things like this, mm -hmm. and uh, between people just not having practice against it and not knowing what kind of game plans I would go for, yeah, uh, there was definitely the opportunity to to beat Lugia, and I did pretty well against Lugia in the tournament. Uh, Mew was the issue in the end, but it's definitely winnable. Like, but yeah. yeah, you need a better start and better hand than when I got it. That's that's fine. That happens. Yeah, it happens. It's just part of playing in those big tournaments. Eventually, you know, just. <laughs> The matchups, you need some help. yeah. It needs Sometimes some help. you need some help. Yeah, you know, the cards got to break right. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's part of the I game. mean, I, I'd rather lose uh, the, in the finals than in a winning in on a run nine. You know, sure, <laughs> totally. Like yeah, it, it gets me all the way to the finals, and it's yeah. fine if it's uh, <laughs> if I break at the end. That's a success. Um, we would take it. So okay, so we're we're game plan. Are you going to uh, the OAIC? Are you heading down there? Wouldn't you have to go um, like today? I, you know, the, the tournament starts in like one hour and a half. I was going to so say, I so was, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. That, you would not. Jet, yeah. <laughs> uh, why didn't, what no, just. Unfortunately, I had to, I couldn't go. I, I really wish I could go. I really wish I was there right now. Yeah. But uh, no offense. I'm happy to be on the back. Uh, none, none taken. None <laughs> <laughs> taken stuff off. But uh, yeah, for personal reasons, I couldn't really afford to take a week off for, for travel. Sure. Like, That's a lot of commitment. So. Yeah. What, um, We'll kind of start to get get to our final question here. So Jared and I, you know, we we've stopped and started and stopped and started playing probably eight times since we started. <laughs> you know, twelve years ago or however long it's been. We we are going to Knoxville. It's a regionals here in the United States. It's uh, next weekend. It's the the twenty fourth and twenty sixth. Stefan, we need some help. We we don't know what what should we run like that. That is like. The, the point the of the podcast, right yeah, we're bringing on people that know how to play the game. We we understand it, and we we are okay. We're okay players, but we we need help, man. Like, or do you think we just go Lugia just to kind of play something that has the best potential matchups across the board? Go something way off the 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 wall. What what are what do you think? Have you played in the in these formats uh, already? Did you like yeah, find the number originals? We have been playing online, online mm -hmm. format, but we don't. We're not like regular league attendees or anything like that. We, I would call us dabblers, and then we like to show up for a tournament mm -hmm. or two a year. Okay, um, so basically, uh, because the the true answer depends on what you're comfortable with. Like, if I tell you, uh, oh, Palkia Italian is the is the play, but uh, you have one week to prepare to learn how to play the deck, it's gonna be very tough. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not no offense, just like it's a very oh hard yeah. To, to well, okay, hold on, uh, hey, 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 wait, Stefan, before you say, I want to pull up a result real fast. So, mm -hmm. 2019 uh, internationals here in the U.S. Columbus. 
you won that tournament. You remember? I'm yes. sure you remember. You ran Zorark uh, Dugong, I want to remember. Yes. I'm trying to pull up. Yeah. That was a dope yeah. deck, by the way. That was a great deck. Jared and I were there. <laughs> we were at that tournament. If you go to 60th, you'll see my name. I ran, I ran a, I ran wheezing that day. Corey, oh. You'll see Corey Dickman there. And mm. so Stefan, I was only 59 players away from you. So that's the closest I think I've ever, <laughs> I've ever been to you. Uh, <laughs> but no, but really uh, joking aside, like Jared and I, we, we have not played much except online this, this format or even this mm. last couple of years. So yeah. be something gentle. Yeah. Um, honestly, I feel like, Lugia is probably the, the the right the best play in a vacuum if I don't know. Yeah. I think the results from OCIC will heavily impact to what the metagame will be and what should sure. uh, what the play will be, which yeah. I know is a kind of a cop out answer. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, that's good. Um, that's okay. But yeah, if for example, if Lugia like let's assume that Lugia does super well, like it it dominated, it gets six places out of eight in top eight, like it did uh in at LAIC. Yep. Um if that happens, you should not run Lugia because people will play counters. I mean, you, you could, but people will play counters. They will play a bunch of annoying stuff that, mm. that loses to, to, to things, but that beats Lugia or sure. items to beat Lugia. Yeah. Um, and in that case, you could probably play either Mew or some kind of Lost Box deck. But if Lugia does um, like average, I guess, um, I actually think Lugia to do well, but not to win uh, this weekend. Um, if it does, like, fine, but, uh, you know, something else wins, like Mew wins, and then everyone wants to counter Mew or something, uh, or make sure they don't lose to Mew because they expect it to be copied or whatever, uh, then I think Lugia is a good play, like, it's safe, and it's, it's very good unless all the focus is on it and unless everyone is targeting their deck to absolutely counter Lugia. Which is what happened in uh, like the the region the the three regionals that happened after the San Paolo International, Stuttgart, so Brisbane, and Toronto. Yeah. Uh, like the, the the wins were by weird decks. Like you had Control, you had Vikavold, and you had um, in Australia it was I think an Intel and Frostmoth deck or something mm -hmm. with Articuno. You know, like decks that were not expected and didn't well still had some performances later on, but not as good. Uh, but they did very well because um, they every, most top players were playing Lugia, and these decks were trying to to focus on Lugia. But after that, when you had sort of a, a resurgence of things like Lost Box, lots of people playing Lost Box and things like this, then um, these decks kind of disappeared, or at least were less played and less successful. Um, and Lugia became better, um, like towards the January. Uh, like I think it was Arlington where yeah it was Arlington the, the oh I guess that was December, but um, yeah whatever. <laughs> uh, in any case, Lugia started doing better again again um, when people were starting to play a lot more Lost Box and things like this, and then Lugia showed up and be like, hey, I'm still the best deck. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if something like Lost Box wins this weekend, I think play Lugia, and if Lugia wins, play Mew or Lost Box. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a curveball at you here, because um, I um I typically do not do well at tournaments at all, and I'm okay with that. But I'm all about the spice. Uh, I love this. I love don't play Lugia. <laughs> I, I, I will not play Lugia. You okay. don't have to worry about me. Give me. Uh, it doesn't. I, I just want one card right now that you think is spicy. That you're like, okay, it's not out of left field. It it has some meta play. 
But like, what's what's a little bit? If I'm looking for a little bit of spice to play at Knoxville, what's some? Give me some spice. Uh, one card like in in a specific deck or just. It, it could be it could be like, hey, you should think about this supporter. This is one Pokemon. This is a mm. tech I like. This is a it, anything because I am a. I'm all about Team Rogue. I love running non-meta stuff, and I, that's why I don't win. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that's just that's just what I love about the tournaments. Like I'm convinced that one day I'll show up with something that no one's ever thought about, and it sneaks into top eight, and that's yes. a dream for me. Uh, but I, I'm I'm always I'm always interested to hearing what people think that little that little tilt, that little tech, that little extra card could be that could um, turn something. Um, maybe something like Flying Pikachu Vmax. Something like it's not gonna be a, it's not that spicy because it's been played before. I don't have something super spicy out of the top of my head, but like something like uh, Arceus Flying Pikachu, for example. Mm. You have the lightning weakness to hit Lugia, and yep. Flying Pikachu is obviously pretty good against um, basic decks like Lost Box and Regigigas. Mm. And for us, I, I thought of it, it would come. I thought it would come back and be played um like a month ago and i think we're one or two doing well at liverpool but um then people started playing more gudra because of me <laughs> and gudra <laughs> tends to be the bad but now because the rise because lugia won again because lugia is doing uh, has been doing so well recently um gudra is not a good play right now mm -hmm. so i think it makes more sense to play something like uh, arsus pikachu uh to which can beat the decks that people are playing the most Nice. So like that could be a way to win. And you play Marnie and that's the pick to try to beat Mew or something. Cool. I love it. Love okay, it. well when I'm at the when I'm at the podium in Knoxville, I'm gonna show you out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I, we'll I, give I, you I will be watching. We'll give you a shout out. <laughs> well, we we enjoy following you on Twitter. We love your takes. I think you had a you had a great take for the for the internationals about to happen <laughs> here. So we, oh, yeah. we, we read that. That was great. It, what, what's the best way you like to connect with, with your fans or just um, fellow players, people? Is it mainly Twitter or Instagram or yeah, what? Um, honestly, I'm not really on social media apart from Twitter. Okay. Uh, cool. So, but cool. yeah, follow me there. Great. <laughs> I, I tweet uh, pretty often. Okay. Well, we'll put that in the show notes for sure. We'll let people shout you out if they have a question or um if they maybe even need like me some spice and a word of advice yeah. <laughs> spice and a word I, of advice I have a different spicy deck for everyone you know <laughs> but, but if i said give the same spicy deck to everyone but it's not really spicy anymore that's everyone. true that's related, true so stefan spicy decks <laughs> i love it well dude thank you so much i know it's late we'll let you go to bed or whatever you're gonna do um yeah, well, it, first of all it's, it's 9 30 p.m so i'm not <laughs> and also i'm gonna say it's online to watch the, the ocac stream anyway yeah, that's true we'll too. Not going to bed. Too. Is a uh, 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 who was the second best French player? You said Fabian. Fabian? Yeah. yeah. Is yeah, he there? He's, he's there. Okay. You think he's going to well, do all right? He, he's supposed to be there. He he was uh, he wasn't on the roster last time I checked, so he might not have submitted his deck yet. Okay. But I'm assuming he's there, either that or I don't know. He's playing the crest on a on an island somewhere because he has the worst luck this season. So. Oh. <laughs> no. not, not bad, bad luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Cool. All right, man. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we'll hopefully we'll catch up soon. This would be good. Yeah, sure. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Goodbye. I'm feeling 
inspired, Corey. I'm feeling mm. ready to go oh. for Knoxville. That was that was a wonderful time. Man, that we got to spend. And um, I don't know if I'm gonna run Arceus Flying Pikachu. Uh, yeah. It still seems a little too meta, even for me. Yeah, but uh, I mean, you weren't you weren't there at the end of the call, but we talked for a few minutes, and he was like, "Yeah, man, you get on stream, I'll shout you out. I gotta get oh. on stream. Oh but, shoot! But uh, but I gotta you get, gotta the, get on stream. I, I gotta do it running the spice, and I don't know what that's gonna be yet. But uh, yeah. do you do you know what you're running? You know, if you go back, I'm looking at my limitless uh, TCG uh, history here. You can find me as a player. Uh, I, I have more finishes than this, so I'm I need to email the limitless crew over there they're they're missing some some results but uh but i i the decks i've always just done the best on in these bigger tournaments have been control decks you know the the sylveon it wheezing wasn't control but it 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 controlled the game it wasn't discarding and things like that but so i don't know i've been playing the evital you've talked about it um I've dived in a little bit more into I forget whose build it was in Liverpool, the liver one of the Liverpool decks, tweaked it up a little bit and it does. It has it has outs a lot of against a lot of the the major decks. Uh y- y- there you know there's a lot going on. They're they're probably 60 minute games and you're only going to play one game. You're not getting to a game 3 most likely. But I don't know, Jared, I'm kind of leaning that way. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know. What are you going to do? What are you leaning towards? I'm just, I'm, well, let me tell you what I learned first from our guest. And then I'm going to tell you what that means for me. Okay. Going into next week at the Knoxville regionals. Yeah. The big takeaway I took from him is that you can probably pick up some automatic wins based on matchup just by watching the last big tournament. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to watch, you know, OCIC. Mm-hmm. This, this weekend and, and I think it's actually getting about to start I'm going to watch that and I'm going to see what you know what is strong in day two yeah and then I might go just a little bit of a different way and just based on that just based on other people reacting to the meta mm-hmm. I might pick up just a few matchup wins right things that like I didn't outskill the other person yeah um, they didn't make a misplay it was you know, from the flip, I've got you unless something goes terribly wrong. Yeah. Well, so, and, and kind of my takeaway from the interview with Stefan was, you know, Lugia, if it gets its start, it's probably going to win. You know, however, if you can run some techs in that deck or against it, you know, it's weak to lightning. You can find some ways, you know, and if 50% of the field is running that deck, you know, maybe you're looking good. Maybe you're not going to beat the Muse or something else wacky, but you at least work your way through what the most popular deck is, but you're right. Let's ever, you know what he had mentioned too. Let's see what the results are. And if it's eight Lugias in the top eight, probably going to be a lot of counters against that deck. So maybe there's a way to, to lean into what the counters might Absolutely. be and play well against those. And and the truth of the matter is, and I think this is a topic we'll discuss more as we get further into this podcast, but one of the more interesting conversations in my mind is always like, what's more powerful pilot or Pokemon? Sure. In in my experience, I'm not going to, especially not being a regular player, much more strategic players that have put more hours in this. I've got to find a way to out Pokemon the player. Yeah. Because I more often than not will not out pilot. I've had my moments. You've had your moments. I've had my moments where I've been the stronger pilot, but I like thinking 
and playing before the game actually starts mm-hmm. and then just kind of letting it fall. I'm, I'm not the best think ahead type of player. I like quick decks. I like big damage decks. Yeah. Um, kind of in, in retrospect to you, which you're all about playing the, the pilot, right? I mean, beat the pilot. Like I want to, you love sitting down next to someone. You love getting in their head. You're thinking moves ahead. Oh, it's so good. I want to play right now. Let's play. You love the the chess match that goes on at the table. I do. I just want to have a good time and see if what I've put together ahead of time can outmaneuver. Yeah. So you've, that's where I'm, that's where I usually land. You've always been a phenomenal deck builder. I, I, you know, you, you had, and again, this is, people are gonna be like the heck, I don't, these guys are old, but like Empazong going into 2009 worlds, you know, I mean, grinder baby, the grinder, uh, the grinder, there was, there was internet back then. I mean, people could know what people were running, but really you threw that together. No idea. And we show up there and it was everywhere. So many people were running that deck. They just had the clay doll and and you didn't, but, and you didn't, but you were, you were way ahead of your time to now these, you know, support engine decks that you're like, I don't need a clay doll. We just, we just hit professor research (laughs) and we're we're fine. We're okay. So you've always been really good at that. I've, you know, there was, um, Nashville worlds was, was that worlds? Yeah, it was. And uh, we we were there. It was probably 2018, maybe. Or I need to look it yeah, up. It was but pre-COVID, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and I didn't qualify for Worlds. We were up there with some of our people here from Texas, but we played in the Open, uh, yep. and like the first tournament to earn points for the next year. And I don't even remember what I was going to play. And and we were in line at this coffee shop. And the guy I was with was like, "Hey, if I pull uh, an electrode." GX, I think it might have been GX, an Electro GX, you got to play it. Like, you got to work a deck around it. I was like, okay. So he pulled one, and I think he was joking, but I was like, okay, Xerneas, I can do this with the fairy energy. I can make this work, and it was an awesome deck. I was 6-1 or 7-1. They were experimenting with, like, the no no day two or eight rounds or something like that, so totally screwed, so I didn't get to, like, really finish off the tournament the way it was going, but yeah, I mean, I just love that. I'm like, okay, l- give me something that's somewhat viable and let's see I'll if there's outplays, you know, everyone makes mistakes in these tournaments, you know? So it's like, are you, can you capitalize on those or can you make less mistakes than your opponent? Uh, it's kind of always been my approach. No, I like it. So it's, it's just fun. Like if you're listening to this podcast, uh, Pokemon is just fun. The competition is fun. The community is fun. Um, and learning, like getting to hear that and be a part of that interview, my mind is already running through, you know, what's what's going to happen here in a week. But keep tuning in to us. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun guests, a lot of con- a lot of fun conversation over something that we're very passionate about. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be keeping up. Keep up with us. Uh, teach me Pokemon and all the social medias. Let's go. And uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun with this every episode. Yeah, we're really excited. Uh, We'll see y'all in Knoxville. We might be repping some um, some hoodies. You know, if we see the Teach Me Pokemon podcast, come say hi. You know, we're nice. We're chill. We'd love to have you on. You know, it's you okay. probably just beat me. I'll have a conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> if you're playing against me and you feel like you're not going to win, just just scoop and let's go have some food like that. Or you know, a, a nice fifty minute break is always appreciated. Oh uh, yeah, got to pack your sandwiches. Got the that's sandwiches. Uh, got to pack the sandwiches. The sandwiches and the Tylenol. Let's go. Ooh, Start getting let's that. Go. That's a Pokemon tournament. <laughs> <laughs> what did you you said? We'll, we'll like leave here, but you said you told Stefan you were like the spice is nice, or you had something that rhymed and it was so good. 
I have to go back and listen to the interview. It was awesome. I think it was something with spice and advice. Spice and advice. <laughs> That'll yeah, be a segment. Spice, spice and advice, advice, maybe. That's, that's, that's what I need. I'm all about the text, the role cool. to play. Yeah. I just love seeing something that's under the radar find its way into those are the most exciting decks for me, and I'm always rooting for those people. Love it. All right, amigo. Let's log off. We'll see you all the next time on Teach Me Pokemon. You can find us at roguemedianetwork.com, Teach Me Pokemon podcast. Come and dive with us. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.